going to get started um, today on Astro Zero Twitter Space. Not really sure what this is. This is going to be my first question. We have a quantum pop artist, Zovac. Z Zovac or Zovac? How do you pronounce it? Uh, it's Z Hovac. Okay, so Z Hovac's here with us. Uh, welcome to our spaces. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, please? Awesome. Yes, thank you. Um, so I'm a physical artist. Um, I've been doing physical work for over 10 years now, um, part-time, like side hustle. But I was a creative director for a apparel company doing, um, you know, like all the visuals and artistic creative direction. But I was under an NDA where I couldn't <laughs> create any character work, which I was doing mainly for myself. So I was sort of doing my physical work more on abstract colors. And so with the awakening of like COVID and sort of like seeing, you know, like what everybody kind of have had like happened to them, I also decided I want to walk away and kind of take a risk on myself and, you know, like shut that NBA down and kind of start doing my own art. And so that's where I kind of jumped into <laughs> the freedom, I call it. Um, and so along that journey, while that was happening, um, my dog got sick. So I was kind of like thinking of what I'm going to develop for myself. And I also had all this pressure because I felt like, you know, I, all after all these years, it's like my time of doing something for myself. So it was really like overwhelming, intense anxiety, just excitement. And so during that process, my dog got sick. And um, I was taking care of him and he had like frontal cortex uh, tumor attached to his brain. So we couldn't do anything about it. And during that process, I started meditating a lot uh, to kind of just be Zen and kind of calm myself down and enjoy the, his last you know, few months and give him a good home, uh, give him a good life. And also for me to stay healthy, that's where it's sort of in meditation, met this character, uh, which I call C1P, which is named after him. Um, and that's where it's sort of like it all started. It was just truly like divine timing and everything that was going on in my life all just came together and made sense. And so here I am, uh, you know, like living his legacy, um, bringing him to life, doing lots of colorful stuff. And along the way, I work with animal charities. So proceeds from my all every single sale physical or digital I work with local shelters and animal charities to kind of like give back to this like new journey that only happened with his departure yeah my dog is a huge part of my life um so I totally understand that um you know, when, when you lose a pet, it's really like losing a family member. Sometimes it's even harder than losing a family member. Um, my dog's like my sidekick, so I totally understand how you feel about something like that. Um, so is meditation is something that you do on a daily basis? Yes, I try. Um, I, was, um, I was teaching guided meditation many, many years ago, and then just like life and work and that fast pace kind of took me away and just kind of went back to it past few years. But I try, I try all the time. I did right before getting on here just to like calm down and, you know, enjoy the journey. Yeah. I meditate on a daily basis as well. Maybe not for the same purpose you do. Um, I'm in alcohol recovery, so it's a big part of my um, recovery system, but it's nice to sit in silence and try to, just absorb the energy around you. I think it's a great natural release and it's difficult when you first start doing it. I, I don't think a lot of people realize how hard it is to sit in silence for even five or 10 minutes at a time. I couldn't agree more. It's truly the, one of the most difficult things to do, especially now having, you know, mini computer in your hand. It makes it, I mean, for me along my journey, it's gone worse and worse. Although my meditation has gone better and my focus, just getting myself to sit down and not be distracted with my phone is the hardest part. So I totally hear you. So going back to the to the uh, character piece that you have behind your NFT project, C1P, can you go a little bit more in depth about the character? 
Um, sure. Um, it's just him along the journey. So something about my art is, um, obviously I, you know, I'm a, I call myself a quantum pop artist. So I, you know, work with the quantum energy. I sort of, I'm a dork. I obsess over that stuff. So with all the pieces, um, you will see like hints of like numerology, quantum numbers, frequency, little like details everywhere so with each piece that I create with the character um those are sort of like the details that I do that I have that are all hidden within so it's sort of like super simplistic minimalistic fine lines that I do but within it it's like a lot of depth and all the strokes that I create on you know illustrator let's say those are all also numbers and you know, different frequencies that I kind of create into um, the pattern brushes and I create that into the art piece. So every day it's a different journey. I'll, if you look back at like all the pieces I've done, it's completely different. It's him going through different journeys, different scenarios. I did a series of like old famous artists. So it was him living as Van Gogh, him living as different pieces. So sort of like whatever I'm going through daily, whatever is inspiring me, anyone I meet, I sort of incorporate him in that scene. So that's typically the focal point in both your digital art and your uh, canvas paintings. Correct. Currently. Currently, yes, yes. Um, I was looking at some of the older stuff that you've done and how do you go about making things look three-dimensional? Is that like a cement or a, a putty that you put down on canvases in order to raise it? Yeah, exactly. So there, are, I mix like three different construction material um, plus adding medium, plus adding like a art supply heavy medium. And then I heat it up. I kind of like play with it. Um, and then something interesting about the older work is it's because I wasn't allowed, like I, under my NDA, I couldn't do any uh, character art. So I kept thinking like, how am I gonna <laughs> really do something goofy, funny, happy? And so I started coming um, into that 3D shape. And what I do with that is it's actually quantum bubbles. So when I meditate, I go to the, if you guys Google quantum bubbles, it's actually something that exists in space so i meditate i go to that quantum bubble space and then when i come out of meditation i sketch out exactly what i saw so each older piece had um different patterns that i saw through each meditation so now i kind of also try to incorporate that same concept um into the newer poppy pieces was art something that you've been doing your whole life or is it something that you picked up in your adulthood were you always talented as a child as far as art goes or did you have other um other interests when you were younger yeah just um creative being and also mathematics like i, I was always really good sucked at a lot of other categories in school history you know politics whatever but always really good and creative and also like all kinds of mathematics and physics and stuff. It's interesting the way my brain works in that sense. But yeah, I've been an artist my whole life. I would say I was born. I don't think anybody chooses. It's not the easiest path as far as the monetary part of it, but yeah. Yeah, I was having a discussion yesterday with another painter that we had on here and he was saying that um, art's almost something like you're born with. Um, I guess you could get better with it as life goes on, but um, I really think it's something that's kind of like just ingrained in your being when you're when you're birthed. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it doesn't seem like one of those skills that like practice makes perfect. It seems like you're kind of given something that at a very young age and it seems like that's how people excel with it. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I've uh, noticed. No, I agree. I, I believe that artists are the chosen ones that are here to like transfer the creative energy through the ether. So I think 
all of, anybody that's, I think all of us are creative, but specifically extra creative people are kind of like the <laughs> chosen ones to kind of have that energy transferred because I uh, consider myself a creative in every form. So whether it's art or fashion, you know, home decor, like I just love everything that comes from that creative aspect, cars, motorcycles, <laughs> All of it I'm obsessed with. I see the number 33-333-999 in several pieces of your work. Uh, what do each of those signify? Um, so my life path number is 33. Um, and, and I just kind of obsess over numbers and numerology and obsess over like the my character's name is C1P369. The 369 is basically the number that runs the universe and also the number Nikola Tesla was obsessed over. It's the number in mathematics. Um, it's really fascinating. And so I kind of just work around those numbers, anything I do, including like any um, colorway. So whatever color I want to do, all the colors in my work, let's say on the programs I use, they have to be 33, 369. So I try to bring in that frequency, like the dimension of the piece, all of that. I just work around like the quantum numbers, um, specifically 369. That's pretty interesting. I, I'm not really too well versed on numerology, but it's always something that's kind of interesting to hear people's take on things like that. Um, now, you're also involved in fashion, right? You do a lot of merchandise as far as like clothing goes. Uh, yeah, so my background, a real quick note on the numbers. It's not also like it's not specifically numerology. It's also mathematics. So like if you guys look up 369, the frequency, they also use that a lot in music um, and hertz and all that cool stuff. So that's that. <laughs> but uh as far as like I'm legitimizing the concept of the numbers, not in just like a, you know, like a spiritual or lotty lotty sense. It's sort of like fascinating. But um, yeah, so the company I was with uh, that I was also a partner in was doing um, the creative design um, was a children's company. So I, you know, worked in fashion for many years and also done like styling in Hollywood and worked like dressed like stars for red carpet events and all those sort of things um, many moons ago but yeah so now I try to bring that into my art so I just created little merchandise and fun pieces with my character um, and specifically like all, almost all proceeds from those I do donate to charity as well how would somebody go about getting like a hat or uh, a shirt or a jacket from you? It's all on my website. So if you just go to zhovak.com, zhovak.com, there's uh, merchandise on there. And I'll be dropping lots of new pieces as well for um, the holidays and Basel and all that good stuff. And if since and for whoever is in here, if anybody is interested in an NFT, you you can DM me saying you got an NFT and I'll give you something from the website, whatever you want for free. How long ago did you get involved in NFTs? Is this something that's recent or have you been doing it uh, for quite some time now? I think my first mint was March 27th or April 27th. Yeah. All right. So you kind of got in on it uh, just as things were kind of picking up. So you got in at a very good time. Yeah, I minted my first piece, but didn't really get to understand and be serious about it because my contract ended April 1st and my dog got sick. So around that process and then I got picked to uh, showcase at an event during the Bitcoin convention in Miami. So it wasn't until I went there in May and came end of May and came back beginning of June that I kind of like really saw the potential and met so many NFT artists and had really like an amazing experience of what the future could be. So I think 
after that, uh, prior to that, I had a few pieces minted, but then seeing everyone and seeing the excitement and also being more educated about it, about the space, about the process, about the contract kind of led me to, you know, really go full force and be excited about it. Have you made any of your physical pieces of artwork into digital reproductions to be sold as NFTs? Yes, you mean unlockable? Uh, I just mean like if if you made a piece of like your with the quantum bubbles, do you ever do digital um, reproductions of it and then put it on the blockchain and and sell like a digital NFT of a specific piece of physical artwork? That you yes, have? yes, yes. I don't have it uh, separated as just an NFT of whatever physical I have. They're all unlockable. So if you buy the piece, then you get the physical with it. Um, that's what I've done. So I've sold a few, you know, physical plus digital combos. I think that's really important as far as like NFTs go. I think people like to have something tangible that they could actually hold and uh, possibly like hang on their wall in their house and also have something represented on the blockchain. I think that's a very smart strategy that you're going about as far as doing it that way. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, now you got me thinking, so I may, uh, that's exciting to also consider just doing physical into an NFT, but not have it attached. Yeah, I guess that would be, uh, you could have two separate uh, funnels of income coming in through it, you know. Um, now, the thing that excites me about NFTs more than a physical piece of art is the fact that you can build royalties in on it and you could continuously make money no matter who it exchanges hands with. Um, are you building royalties in on your NFTs that you're selling on OpenSea? Yeah. Just um, I've had few resales, so it's exciting to see that <laughs> the wallet amounts go high. Yeah, it's exciting. Of course, that's kind of the whole concept, I think. Uh, do you also collect NFTs? Yeah, I do. I have a separate wallet and I collect a lot of my friends. Um, yeah, cool, exciting project. I kind of more so collect people I know. So um, not to, not necessarily like, if I'll, I'll, I, I've collected generative as well if I know the team and they're my friends, but definitely, yeah. So have you found that the NFT community is more supportive or right on par with um, putting your artwork up in galleries? Do you seem like you get a better response from people when you're selling physical artwork or when you're putting it on the blockchain? I really think it's a two different kind of a human um, doing physical pieces and physical collectors. So when I did enter the space my biggest goal was to convert like convince all my physical collectors um like i have a whole list of people who've collected for 10 years um to convince them to get a metamask and you know i was willing to, i offered everyone i said i'll set it up like i'll come to my house or i'll do like a zoom tutorial i'll do the whole thing and kind of get people excited to enter the space and i realized i'm just sort of wasting my time. It's a very different level of collector. So to me, I really can't compare the two. I think it's two different mindsets, two different, um, I mean, people are starting to come around definitely, but that's kind of like my personal experience on it. A lot of people in the, the NFT space that are just kind of looking for a quick buck. Uh, a lot of times, and I don't really know if they appreciate the art as much as you would with physical like galleries and stuff like that. Things things are starting to change. I mean, I, I've seen recently that people are setting up uh, VR galleries where you could actually have your NFT displayed. You put on a pair of VR goggles, and it's just like you're walking into an art gallery, and you could see the physical piece of artwork right in front of you on your goggles. And I think that's pretty exciting. I mean, the, we're heading into a new frontier here and just, uh, it's pretty incredible what's going on. Yeah, it's so exciting. I'm currently extremely obsessed with AR. So I've seen incredible like 
physical pieces and then with your phone it kind of comes to life so that's kind of like what I'm looking for right now to kind of find someone to work on a collab or that's just like the most exciting part because you get to integrate both of them together but yeah it's a super like oh I don't even have words of how exciting this whole new journey is yeah we're stepping right into uh like unseen territory and it's it's really it's super cool um i'm pretty stoked i don't even know what what we have in store in the future there could be something that we have no idea is going to happen even three months from now it's uh it's pretty exciting stuff so have you have you done any collaborations with anybody or do you have any plans for collaborations with any other nft artists in the future um definitely have done a few in the past and i'm working on something super exciting with someone that's kind of not public yet, but yeah, that's sort of like, I think the whole concept of this space is people like me get to experience that journey. So I'm super open for all kinds of collabs and um, projects, but yeah, coming yeah. soon, coming soon. <laughs> I see that a lot of your pieces um, talk about, you know, love and loving yourself. Um, I've noticed being in a lot of spaces um, over, I don't know, the past two months that uh, mental health is getting a lot of awareness in the NFT space. Is that something that you're trying to bring awareness to with people through your art that it's okay to tell people that you need help? It's okay to reach out and ask somebody for a helping hand here and there. Yeah. One million percent. I mean, something that I never shared in my entire life until entering the nft space i'm becoming a full-time digital and physical artist is um that i grew up in actually a refugee camp so i didn't grow up in the states and you know in order to for my family to kind of come to the states through an asylum um we ended up you know just anything you see like tvs like the worst case scenarios um i've lived it from age 10 to 12 and my entire life, my mom sort of like coming to the States and kind of starting all over again. My mom always made sure that I never shared my story. She wanted me to be strong. She wanted me to um, kind of be confident. And she always said, like, you don't want anyone to feel sorry for you because they're going to pity you. They're going to look down on you. So my entire life is like something huge that I um, kind of hid but then coming to this, like this space, I'm, you know, becoming full-time artist, going to events, people wanted to know your story. People hear that you have an accent, all that stuff. And so it kind of forced me to open up and kind of share my story. Um, I'm still definitely not confident in like exactly what happened and the process, but it was something that we had to go through. I'm not alone. I mean, you know, like our country's built like half of us are immigrants. So um, I don't judge anyone. I see everyone equal. And I think it's important that everyone feels safe to share whatever they want along the process. So I definitely put that energy into my art. But one thing I want to make sure is that it comes from like a positive, happy perspective. So that's why I use such colorful, you know, I use colors and happy stuff because I want people to, you know, even if someone looks and says something negative about the art, it's not their style or it's too whatever. Obviously, it's a subjective, but I know that it makes them feel happy because it has happy colors. And so I put the love and kind of try to mix all of it together. Um, so going back, yes, mental health and also us using so much screen time, you know, that kind of like throws the balance of your immunity down because you're not getting um, sun and all that stuff that comes along being in front of the computer. So yeah, <laughs> I think it's key. It's key, but it's individual based. You know, every, I, you know, I can just do so much as an artist to share my journey and put it through art. And I believe that when people are ready to receive it, they'll see it. What types of charities have you been donating to with your artwork as far as animal shelter? Is it animal shelters or are you doing uh, 
some other type of charity work with other type of yeah um, so there's like wags la there's PETA, um there's a wildlife charity um a few of them in uh, shadow hills and sunland and valley uh, sun valley like down in la so i work with all of them um you know just through like donations through a website or going there but it's definitely like a huge part of <laughs> the process have you had any issues uh with gas fees since you started minting or is it something that's really not a hindrance to you no definitely i mean especially when it comes to the collector part i i hear all day long um that it's it's an issue so just sitting patiently waiting for l2 <laughs> to see when that's going to happen and how that's going to affect us. Uh, I'm not sure if you've, if you've seen this yet, but there are a couple, um, I guess you could call them tokens. There are a couple tokens now that are doing fashion verification on the blockchain. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they're doing like, uh, for example, let's say, uh, I always use perfume as an example. Like if a bottle of Chanel number no. five is made and then there's a warehouse next to it making imitation Chanel number no. five, they could actually verify that it's like legit before it goes into the retail sector. Have you have you come across anything like this yet? Um, I've seen like the McQueen pieces, the physical pieces that that's what they're doing. So when you own a piece of uh, one of their labels, then you get to go on the website and register your specific piece and it verifies you having digital and physical. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about all that stuff as well. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think a lot of people are just thinking about the art and the music aspect of what we have going with NFTs, but there's going to be so much more, so, so much more, and it's going to break into so many different types of categories. And you you kind of tap into so many different categories as it is. So I think it's going to be pretty exciting for you as well. Yeah, I think I would say like as an artist, it's like, I mean, for me personally, I understand the concepts, but then some of the part comes down to the technic technical part where I would love to in the future be able to work more with devs or projects that, I can bring in what I can and what I offer and then we develop towards that. So I think it's something a lot of artists in the space look for and are excited about um, to bring our strengths and combine that with <laughs> the brains in the back. So on your C1P NFTs, I noticed that each one has a barcode in the bottom left portion of the NFT. What's the what's the reasoning behind that? Um, so it just goes back to the quantum numbers and quantum physics. So the the numbers just add up to a nine, which is another magical number that I work with that I love. So every human has nine holes in their body. A woman is pregnant nine months. You know, three six like 360 degrees. Like every so any number times nine like whether number one times nine or time like the most random number at the end if you add them up it's nine so nine is sort of the most powerful number in uh, mathematics so just going back to the number the number factor so that's what it is it's just a like a series of numbers that i that i have written that calculated together become a nine now I kind of I kind of get this on a daily basis when I try to explain just blockchain and and crypto and stuff to people. Do you ever feel like when you're trying to explain <laughs> explain stuff like this to people that they look at you like you have two heads and sometimes you're just like I don't even know if it's worth talking to somebody about this stuff. No, because I'm even crazier that I believe if someone is asking and wants to know that they're ready for the answers. Um, and then also, uh, you know, coming from the life I've had, I come with no judgment and I have no fear in me. I just kind of go for it because I've seen it all. I've experienced it all. And so I just kind of put myself out there at all times. And also, like I 
basically translate so many languages until I get to like English in my head to be able to explain. So I know that I'm not the most eloquent speaker either. Like I'm pretty self-aware of that. So no, it's exciting. If you're asking, then you're interested and I love to share. Um, so if somebody was new in the NFT space, what is one little bit of advice that you could give them to make things a little bit easier to get started? Um, this is post minting, like post setting up wallet and all onboarding. Is that the question? Um, whatever it's somebody, let's just say somebody is an artist, for example, and they're like, I heard about this NFT stuff. I want to give it a shot. What would you tell them to maybe start with? Or what would you tell them as a bit of advice to maybe get some growth behind the project? Yeah, I mean, I, I think number one thing would be open your mind um, to limitless possibilities. This is not a space to be judgmental towards yourself, which I even had to like, break those walls coming into the space. So it's Web3, all of us are excited and just keep, you know, educating yourself, hop on every uh, app, Clubhouse, Twitter, go to your like Eventbrite and search your local NFT meetups. There's literally NFT meetups in everywhere in the world, even if it's like a few people. So search local events. And I remember my first event, in venice many years like a few years ago this was more crypto events but i was excited about the space and i just wanted to educate myself i was just pre-covid i was sick of even fashion and i just wasn't um, evolving as a human and so i just went to the meetup and i sat outside of my car for maybe 20 minutes and i was so scared to go in because i didn't go to an ivy league i don't have like uh you know an amazing upbringing or you know i'm just someone that's wanting to learn and educate myself and unlock my potential so i just sat there i was shaking i called my friend i said i can't do this and then she's like just go in who cares you know and being a female in the space and you know like being artistic and you know having self-doubt so i just put myself out there and truly my life changed from that moment on even like coming onto the space so just go and put yourself out there. And if you're not someone that is living in an area where you have these type of opportunities, just DM people. It's that simple. Retweet people, DM people, like, um, and just keep asking questions. Be kind, you know, be honest. If whatever you promise, <laughs> this is such a small new space. So any, you know, anything you do wrong, it can be magnified and be, work against you. So just basically be a good person, but like level up your hustle and just kind of put yourself out there and just kind of push for it. Uh, this is sort of like after I think minting and getting a wallet, because I think that's a whole nother um, category that you should get help in or just <laughs> study if you don't know. Yeah, it's definitely difficult when you when you first start, especially like trading in micro caps and getting a wallet set up and trying to understand how things work. And it, it, it it's a lot of in-depth stuff when you first start getting into crypto, not like off exchanges, you know, doing like a wallet trading and stuff like that. Um, so um, one thing I did is um, I already had Coinbase, Coinbase Pro, but um, like setting up a MetaMask, I was still like, oh, like just wanted it's like second eye. So I had my friend, who's in, you know, tech come. And I said, just uh, come help me set up, help me like show me the first process and I'll give you like an NFT, <laughs> not my Genesis, but along the way, I just made a deal with them. I said, I'll give you, help me along the process and I'll kick you back an NFT. And sure enough, like now I'm doing the same for people in the space without getting anything because I just want people to, especially artists, but you can make deals with people and just be chill about it. But at the end of the day, just go for it. Just go for it. Yeah, I remember the first time that I moved. I had about 20 ETH and I moved it off of an exchange into a MetaMask. And 
It was a little bit of a delay. It took about 15 minutes to shoot over, and I was having a mini heart attack when that was going on. So <laughs> it, def- it definitely is nerve-wracking, like, when you first start getting in there, like, the the the, the fear of the unknown. I think that's, that's the best way to describe it, at least for myself. Yeah, I was really nervous about it, and, you know, now that now it's, like, all second nature. But I think you have to take a little bit of a risk with anything you do in life. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I, I think if you're in you're if you're interested and you're kind of there that means you're ready like I always believe you wouldn't be somewhere if the universe didn't think you're ready to be there so just like make sure you let go of that fear and just go for it if anybody has any questions for Zihovac please feel free to shout it out if you're in the speaker box if you want to talk to her just raise your hand I'll get you up here I'll keep talking. I'm good at talking. All right. I guess everybody's being a little shy right now. Um, so let's see. When when you uh, when you started your project up, did you rely on more as far as far as NFTs go? Did you rely on more organic growth, or did you kind of have to rely on influencers in order to kind of get your feet off the ground um organic i i still don't even know any influencers in the space really to i mean i would love to do that work with people but just me on my own and just um you know just on twitter and going into more irl spaces and meetups and just meeting people and kind of gathering my collector base How do you balance your time between all the stuff you do? I know you do gallery work. I know that you do, you go to tons of conventions. I, I saw on your Instagram, it seems like you're at an NFT convention, like, uh, I don't even know, every week almost. <laughs> <laughs> it goes back to the immigrant mentality. It's like, I just always feel like I got to do extra and just 24-7. But I think the space is, it has such a, like, scarcity factor. I feel like there is definitely people that, started at the same time as me and that are let's say my friends um equal art nothing you know I wouldn't you know there's people that are amazing but I would say like same level and they kind of had other opportunities and grew faster or made more money so I think that's like the concept I mean I'm personally just a social ADD person I love being out and um you know, meeting people and excited and I'm excited. I'm in a few events at Art Basel, so I'll be out there if anybody is out there and wants to hang out. But I don't know. I just feel like it's just so new, so exciting. Everybody is so hungry. Like everyone I meet is sort of like a clone to me. They're just hungry. They're excited. They're excited about everything that's coming up. So um, I don't know. I, I that's what I do full time. So I do my art and events and conventions and I don't know. I just love it. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. I'm just obsessed with art and NFTs. And I think it's first time in human history where people in the, in the world get to use their creative brain and their, you know, logical brain, which is what I have into an exciting space and also be able to monetize from it. So <laughs> That's kind of where my drive is. Yeah, one one really cool thing about NFTs is it doesn't matter where you live anymore. You don't have to be that person that has to make it big in Los Angeles or go to Paris or go to New York City and make a name for yourself. You could be somebody from, you know, Omaha, Omaha Nebraska, and you could have a kick-ass NFT project. And the next thing you know, you're making a living doing it. Or you could be somebody that lives in a a poor African nation and you're supporting your family for months with the sales of one or two NFTs. Pretty, pretty magical stuff. Yeah. It's almost even better because I feel like for people out in, you know, condensed NFTs like cities, we always feel like, Oh, there's this going on. I don't want to miss out. There's an opportunity. So it's kind of also negative. So when you're somewhere where you're Zen and your life, daily life is not as disrupted, you really get to focus on your art and 
you know, developing your art and your NFTs and tech. So um, in a way, it's better. <laughs> how did COVID, um, how did COVID, oh, sorry, I, I, my dog is jumping on my back here. How did, how did COVID affect your, um, your ability to create? Did it? Wait, you... can I, can I ask what dog, what kind of dog you have? Oh, she's, um, she's a half Maltese, half Yorkie. Oh, okay. and she's being a pain in the butt right now, but <laughs> She she wants attention. She she sees me talking to people for forty five minutes, and she she needs to be the center of attention right now. But she's a good girl. Awesome, awesome. My other dog right now, he's a labradoodle, and he's on antibiotic because he had some rashes, and he's just passed out. Otherwise, I would have the same issue. Yeah, no, I saw him on your Instagram. He's super cute. How old is he? He's um eight, almost eight and yeah. a half. Yeah. Yeah, Mindy, she's ten. But she acts like a puppy. She still acts the same way. Those doodles are puppies forever. Yep, they sure are. So, so with, with COVID, did did you become you feel like more artistic, or you, were you in kind of like a lull because everything was closed around us and you felt like you were locked inside? No, extremely artistic. And actually, I got the most. Uh, this was. You know, the beginning of COVID was pre me entering NFTs. So I was the most um, like creative and I got the most uh, physical commissions I ever have in my entire life. I think it's because people were home and they were a lot of people were redecorating their homes and they just wanted to get pieces. And also so much so many stores were closed. So people were sort of excited for new things. And I think a lot of it was like that for a lot of physical artists. So I actually ended up doing my biggest piece I've ever done in my life. You know, they they brought the canvas with the U-Haul. I asked the people to provide the canvas. I said, you know, I'll do it, of course. But if you guys can, like, get you know, bring the canvas. And so, yeah, it was the, spent three, four months on that big piece and then continued on doing so many other pieces through COVID. Um it was interesting time. I mean, it was a sad time, but also such a spiritual, growing, creative process. And I think also a lot of artists realized, you know, it's do or die time, like the world can end at any second. And so you should do what you love. And that's definitely what happened to me. When you do a large piece like that, I saw how big that piece was. That piece was really when when you do a, a piece like that, do you feel like you're finished? Do you kind of have to tell yourself, all right, I'm done now. I have to walk away from this thing and that's it. Or do you kind of just keep tapping back into it? Here? You know when you know. It's, I just, I, especially with that piece, you know, that the, peop, the couple had another piece of mine that they got like maybe four years prior to that. So they already had. So I just told them, you know, I'll do it. It's the biggest piece and just give me time. You know, I can't guarantee like I'll do three months, but you got to give me time. And so I just wanted to make sure that it's like perfect. But I don't know. It's like this moment where you just do it all and then you open a bottle of wine, just sit, stare at it, and then you just know it's over. It's not something I could describe into words. I think it's really cool that you get your community that you have on Instagram involved in your artwork and you let them kind of do a vote of what color scheme you're going to use on a lot of your work. Yeah, that was a lot. I did that a lot with my, actually, I'm so blessed you said that I should do. I forgot about that. I used to, I did that a lot with COVID. Every piece was sort of like a community vote. And then I think it also um, helped when it came, I mean, I did it sort of for personal excitement, just kind of doing what people are guiding me to, but it ended up working to my benefit in sales as well, as well, because the people who voted for that specific color ended up sometimes like fighting for the piece. So I'm going to have to do that again. Well, if anybody has questions, feel free. Um, I'm running out of questions. I've been going for like 50 minutes now. So if anybody has anything they want to say, feel free to share. Well, I just want to say, I, I think, I think you're really cool. 
I think you like, I mean, all the adversity that you faced and being fearless, despite having faced all that adversity, is not something that's very common. Thank you. I, I truly appreciate it. It means more than you know, you would ever know to hear that. So I, I really appreciate that. It's not easy. It's obviously every day. It's every day. You know, like anytime I'm down, I just pop in like Tony Robbins and Eckhart Tolle and Gabor Mate, like Oprah, whatever it is. It's like I'm constantly on that self journey of I've learned how to sort of control my brain and even manipulate my own brain into constantly being in that happy space. And anytime I feel like I'm down, I go for a run or just put on loud music and work out. So I think it's just kind of once you know uh, the tools to kind of stay consistently happy and positive, it, it becomes easy. But it's not easy. <laughs> it's like every day. Chris, you got a question? Chris? Yeah, I just wanted to say how inspiring your story is. Uh, you know, definitely it's really cool to see what you've been able to overcome and then the mindset that you have carried on with, you know, kind of the tough things that you were, you know, brought up with and the whole metaphysical mindset and just in general what you're all about with numbers and what you're doing with your art and, uh, you know, the charities involved. Uh, major props so keep up all, all the great work and inspiring people along the way awesome thank you chris appreciate it anyone else before we wrap up are you so what's up with the high tops only because i i live by that I'm, I'm just wondering what that means to you <laughs> Uh, I love shoes. I'm a shoe collector. I'm, a, you know, Jordans. I definitely <laughs> work hard and have like some shoes like um, that I love. So, I, but I love high tops. I have like a high, <laughs> bringing it down to the street level. I have beef with short tops uh, for myself, for myself to wear them. So it's sort of like a joking, goofy kind of art piece that I did. So I'll tell you right now, I've been wearing these Nike Air Force One sky tops. They're about eight eight inches, nine inches tall off off the from the floor to the top of the boot. And and I got I got about seven seven other pairs of them. <laughs> and they're all sky tops. They're all, you know, more than high top. They're they're way up there. But yeah. Yeah, with the Velcro at the bot at the top or the yep. one. Yeah, I've yeah. got some of those as well. Yeah, I've got a few pairs of those, the Spizites. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the world is divided. Like I always say the world is divided by people who love olives and hate olives and people who love high tops and people who love short. Like there's just this category <laughs> of people that beef with like high tops and short tops and olives and cats and dogs or whatever. There is the, the, the high top people are the people you need to stick around. I, I mean, no judgments. I definitely have cool friends with short top <laughs> love only, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> I'm definitely at olive that's for sure I'm, I'm not about olives at all so um i don't know where you fall in the category but i don't i don't mess with olives wow no kalamata olives you don't mess with those they're not even like regular olives no i'm anti-olive yeah i love fried olives those are the best Ovex sounded so disappointed in me when I said I don't like yeah. olives. Well, I think the the whole room is kind of disappointed in you right now. Uh, have you guys, have you not had goat cheese stuffed olives? I oh have. It's freaking delicious. The the green ones? Yes, they're the best. I, I, I eat up, I eat Kalamata olives out of the jar, straight up, as a meal. Yeah. Same. It's like the perfect late night snack. So where are you going to be next? Where where can people see you? You have a gallery set up or do you have um, anything 
coming up in the future where you could meet up with some of the people or um, any NFT conventions that you're going to be going to where somebody might run into you? Um, so I'll be at Basel. I'm in two uh, shows um, over there. I'll post about it. I'm just waiting for final comfort. Maybe, maybe three shows. Um, but main like NFT conventions, uh, the main one, the um, I think it's called Basel NFT, NFT Basel and two other gallery, private, more uh, hotel shows and sort of a thing. And then just whatever comes my way, I, you know, I submit to or friends. Um, I go to the Venice uh, Bright Moments Thursday meetup sometimes. Um, and I'm just around the L.A. So um, hopefully my goal is to kind of build my community and build. I'm sort of starting to dabble a little bit more on Discord. I'm having a lot of difficulty with that. Um it's like the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life to me. Um, so I'm kind of trying to build that if anybody has tips to how to grow that community. Um, and yeah, just everywhere. I mean, I'm in LA, so I go to the events, I'll be at Basel and then whatever exciting stuff that comes along the way. And then I do daily drop at 3.33 PM. Um, it's not always NFT. Sometimes I mix it up and I do like a physical print or, I'll drop like a merchandise that I'm doing. Um, but I have my pieces on OpenSea and yeah, and I have a home gallery in LA. So always welcome for to visitors. I have to agree with you. Discord is one of the most difficult things to navigate around. So I, I feel your pain with that. I have a difficult time with it myself. Um, my dog is telling me that she wants to go out. So I'm going to wrap things up. Uh, if everybody can, go visit Z-H-O-V-A-K, Z-H-O-V-A-K.com. Uh, same for the Twitter and the Instagram handles. Um, I want to thank you for coming out and talking to our community. This was awesome. And if you, uh, you know, if you ever have anything that's dropping in the future, make sure to shoot us a line and we'll come out here and have you out here again and you can promote whatever you want to promote. Awesome. And, uh, thank, really you thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. You guys have the sickest uh, Telegram community and everyone is so awesome and positive and just honored to be here. And thank, thank you. you. Awesome to have you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Have a great night.